This is episode number 81 with social media guru, Brandon Hampton. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. What is up, greats? Thanks so much for tuning in today on the School of Greatness podcast. I've got a new buddy of mine on today. His name is Brandon Hampton. And we got connected recently, and I was immediately intrigued by this guy because he has one of the largest independently owned social media followings out there. Now, there might be some companies that have some bigger followings, but he's the only guy I know who's got 31 million followers over all of his different accounts. He's got some huge accounts, which we'll talk about here in just a second. And it's amazing on how he's grown these accounts over Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest uh, so quickly and how he leveraged some interesting things to grow such a massive audience and then monetize that audience. So in today's episode, we're talking about really how to grow this audience on such an epic level. Again, I've been on social media for a number of years and I've built some big followings, but nothing to the scale that Brandon has. So it's a whole new level of social media growth and uh, following engagement that he's going to be talking about and sharing some of his secrets here. We're also going to be talking about the new age of social media real estate. Now, this is some interesting stuff, but buying not domain names, but social media names and how powerful you can uh, leverage these names with different brands, with uh, selling products, services, affiliate marketing, things like that. So kind of some interesting topics we're covering today. Uh, I was very excited to interview Brandon and had him in the studio. Um, so I'm going to bring him on in just a second. And with that, guys, let's dive into today's episode and interview with Brandon Hampton. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Whether you're searching for a home to buy or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. You can favorite homes, share listings with others, and even schedule tours with a local Redfin agent, all in the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. They know how to help you win the right home at the right price. So download the Redfin app to get started today. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Oh, 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 
What is up, everyone? Thanks again for joining me back on the School of Greatness podcast. I've got a, a new guest on. His name is Brandon Hampton. What's up, Brandon? Not much, man. How are you? Doing well. I'm excited. Brandon, uh, we connected. When did we connect? Like a month ago or a few weeks ago? Yeah, it's about three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks ago, we uh-huh. started reaching out to each other on Facebook, I think, or yes. Twitter, and then everywhere else. And I'd never heard of Brandon, but after we started talking, I realized we had a lot in common and knew some mutual friends. And uh, I'd never heard about him before, but he has one of the largest, if not the largest, independent social media following out there in the world right now with over 31 million followers, real targeted followers on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and other places online. And I was just like, oh, wow, that's pretty interesting. How did you do that? So we've, we've been connecting over the last few weeks, and now he's here in my Santa Monica rental for the summer studio, and we're uh, kicking it near the beach. So thanks for coming out, man. Yeah, hey, uh, I, uh, I'm digging the spot. I yeah. can smell the ocean <laughs> from here. So It's I not bad, you know? Definitely don't mind it. <laughs> I just moved in like a week ago, so it's like a few blocks from the ocean, and I've been telling myself every morning I'm going to wake up early and jump in the ocean, but I have yet to do it yet, so... <laughs> Hopefully soon enough I will. But um, I'm excited about this. And you just wrote an article about you've kind of been like behind the scenes for a while with your social media following. And you've only been working with bigger brands and no one's really known about you being the owner of all these accounts. And you've got some big accounts. Can we just talk about some of the names that you have on uh, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook maybe? Sure. Um, You're like at fitness on Instagram, right? Which is Correct. Yeah, I have at fitness, um, which is one of the most searched uh, terms, topics um, for Instagram. Probably one of the most hashtags too. One of the most hashtags, yes. Um, You know, it's, uh, there's there's a few different niche categories that are uh, better, you know, in a visual sense and uh, fashion and fitness definitely fall into that category. So for Instagram and Pinterest, those are, you know, the the topics that get a higher engagement on Mm -hmm. those platforms. Right. I have at Notebook, which is uh, you know 5.1 million followers wow. on Twitter. Crazy, um, yeah, it's 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 really insane. And uh, you know, I I got in really early, which definitely helped um, to be sort of one of the pioneers mm-hmm. in this space. Um, What's early? Uh, I've been doing it for a little over three years now. Okay, yep, yeah. So some of the other spaces that we cover um, again is fitness. We do fashion. I have a skincare page. Really, what we did is initially I sat down um, in the early stages and I said, I've, I've kind of got the model down of what builds engagement on a social media account. Mm. And now it's time to map out what categories I need to be in. Right. And of course, naturally, since the way that you monetize a social media platform is through advertising, I made a list and I said, what are the high, highest monetizing categories in the world? And naturally, I flocked to those. And right. somehow I just m- ended up managing all these women-based categories. <laughs> yeah. And if uh, you don't know who Brandon is, he's got this huge beard on. He's <laughs> like a, you know, a bearded uh, man right now. So uh, Paul Bunyan or something. You just need the shirt. Um, very cool. So you realize how to capitalize it on one account in one niche. And you're like, hey, let me just repeat the same formula over a number of different industries. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really about just the process. And yeah. once the process was perfected, you can recreate that over and over. Um, some, some categories are more broad where you can reach mm-hmm. a bigger audience like notebook, for example, having 5 million followers, really it's just positive messages. It's mm-hmm. talking about love and relationships, which concerns everybody. Right. Um, but then if you go down to, you know, like a smaller targeted category, like maybe 
um, outdoors and camping. Um, maybe you're just reaching a specific subset of people and it's not mass appeal, but then you get a higher level of engagement and, and loyalty from that particular audience. So right. that's why we're trying to get our hands in as much as we can. Right. Interesting. And it probably helps if you build one following up, then you can kind of leverage it to build other followings up and, you know, kind of cross promote some of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're really using the larger broad audiences to build up those smaller ones. So it's, you know, if we have 5 million people, you know, collectively, we don't necessarily know who they are, um, you know, demographic wise, but we can go to them and say, Hey, if you are interested in fitness or if you're interested in shoes, um, you know, follow this particular page and then those people will sort of, um, reorganize themselves and, and trickle over. And now they are a fan of love and positivity, but they're also a fan of shoes. Right. Very interesting. Yeah. On LinkedIn, I used to do this on LinkedIn years ago with the group section. I would create the sports industry group. It's the largest sports group on LinkedIn. And then I would create subgroups. So people from all over the world were on the sports industry group, but then I wanted to create a group for sports marketing and sports PR and sports mm-hmm. in New York City and Los Angeles. So I could create these smaller groups and be able to message out to them as well. So it looks like you've just been doing that. It, yeah, we, we, we literally did the same exact model. And yeah. you know, for, for almost any industry, for any category, it works whether you're building an email list or right. a social media following or you're building up groups. You put people into the biggest category that you can and then you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, get them to join the smaller, smaller targeted groups. stuff so you know where they live. Um, you know, what sex they are, potentially what income. And again, this goes back to, you know, the basics of, of, of building the correct audience. Right. Now, what's your favorite platform to build an audience on and which one does the best for you in terms of driving, you know, exposure to something, whether it be an advertiser or your own products or services or a website? Sure. Different platforms have, you know, there's two different things that you can focus on. Number one is uh, for a particular category, um, each platform is going to serve a different purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, Twitter and Facebook um, are more about driving traffic and being able to post links and embed content. Pinterest and Instagram give you the visual slash brand awareness section. So if somebody just wants to post an image uh, for a company, um, that brand gets its exposure because you consume that content immediately. You don't have right. to watch a video. Um, you don't have to read an article. You don't right. have to click away from the website. As soon as you see that picture, you've consumed that information. Mm-hmm. And that's why um, I think in this society where people are getting trained to get lazier and lazier, um, it went from you know people reading five or six page articles to reading a short blog post to reading a Facebook status. Then it went to 140 characters. And now it's just look at this image. That's it. What's and next? Yeah. I mean, I, (laughs) how much shorter can we get? I think that's about it. And that's why Instagram is really thriving right now. It's like the peak of laziness and you get, yeah, it's the peak of laziness and you're also getting the most information at once. You know, who, who wants to sit there and read an article when you can just look at a photo and consume the exact same information. It's crazy. And it's got an interaction too, which I think works because you can double tap. So that's the, or you can comment, but it's like easy to interact with the image. Right. I mean, the, the engagement for brands especially is significantly higher on Instagram than it is on any other platform and that's why a lot of the brands are you know starting to flock to that because they can you know play the old uh tradition of content marketing which Mm -hmm. is you put a simple message in front of somebody and just remind them that you exist and next time they go to buy a a product in your particular category then they think of you first yeah yeah, they're reminded of you so i want to i want to talk about 
the future of real estate when it comes to online social media accounts in a second. But before that, I want to dive into kind of your story about how you got into this. And you wrote an article on your LinkedIn page recently about kind of your story working at a, I think it was AT&T store mm-hmm. back when you were like 20, 21 in the mall mm-hmm. and killing it in that arena, doing really well and kind of like, you know, being successful there. And then you got out and went into real estate, right? Correct. So why did you get into that originally before real estate? And what were the lessons you learned selling people services and phones? Sure. Uh, originally I was, you know, I had the normal aspirations. I, I got really good grades in school. I did really good, uh, you know, on all my formal testing. Um, I wanted to go into some sort of computer study, like computer mm-hmm. engineering, cause I had always been interested in technology. And, uh, so I, I got a summer job between high school and when college was supposed to start. Mm. And I realized how much money I could make very quickly. Um, I, I've always been, you know, interested in, in the dynamics of how people work and being able to influence decisions in a positive manner, you know, as far as being able to get someone from point A to point B, point B being uh, the conversion of a sale right. um, without actually having to deceive people, without having to lie people, uh, without having to manipulate. And I found out some really good tactics to do that. And I mean, I, I just kind of put the numbers in front of myself and said, you know, if I go to school for X amount of years and spend X amount of money, I'm going to be working, you know, 12 hours a day as an engineer for somebody else, or I can sort of dive into sales. Um, I can learn the trade and I, I know that if I'm well at it, I, I can go apply those, you know, same mechanisms to anything and not just necessarily cell phones, but I can go sell things or services using those same concepts. And that's how I ended up. I mean, I, you know, I, I made a few thousand dollars within my first month and I sort of got addicted to the ability to, you know, learn the sales process mm-hmm. and I, I, I mastered it very quickly and against, you know, my family's wishes, of course, everybody, you know, wants their, uh, you know, kid or, or grandson or whatever to attend college like you're, right. you know, like you're supposed to by the sure. book. And uh, so I did the cell phone thing for a while. I, you know, after two years in the company, I was managing uh, seven stores in the L.A. area. And I was, you know, I think I, I couldn't even buy beer at the time. I was like 20. <laughs> um, and uh, after a, a long stretch there with the AT&T stores, I went over into real estate and said, okay, it's, you know, this is currently where the money's at and I can do what I did for cell phones for um, mortgages. Bigger, bigger properties. For mortgages, sure, right. sure. So now it's not, you know, activating a phone for somebody. It's um, helping them execute the loan on their house or helping mm-hmm. them refinance their house. And uh, I happened to do very well with with the mortgages as well. And in, in both companies, I, I really excelled and, and was, you know, shattering the different company records and stuff like that. So I said, okay, I, I get it. I'm good at this. And I always wondered, what is the bigger picture? Where am I going to take this information? I'm not going to continue working for these companies, you know, which is ultimately why I ended up leaving them because I understood the concept of these sales companies that you work for is that no matter how good you do, the beginning of the following month, you're back at zero mm. and they don't care what you did last month. They don't care about the record because the record does not, you know, help them hit their quota and answer sure. to their bosses for that particular month. So mm. they always want to know what are you going to do today and what are you going to do this month? And you impress them yet again. And then you're back to zero wow. for, you know, the 50th time in a row. If they were smart, they would really make you feel, you know, like you had more ownership in it or, Keep, if they wanted to keep you around, they would give you days off or, you know, 
something. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and with the, you know, the real estate company, I actually just, you know, I was probably, uh, 60 days off of my biggest month ever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in, in my, uh, short, you know, 23 or 24 years of life. Um, uh, I had my, my best month ever two months ago and, and, uh, I had requested some time off. Um, it was actually a holiday weekend. I booked my trip, you know, they gave me the, the green light and, uh, the office, and the region were not hitting their sales goals. And I had already hit mine for the month, mm. halfway through the month. I had already hit mine, and they said, you know, you can't go. We're behind. Wow. We're behind. And I said, that's, you know, that's not really my problem. And uh, they told me that uh, if I left, that I wouldn't, you know, be able to come back. Um, so I right. actually went in um, and dropped off a letter of resignation and uh, went on my trip. Wow. That must have been a stupid mistake on their end. Yeah, I mean, you could just go start your own mortgage company, probably if you wanted to. Yeah, I actually, uh, I, I started working for a good friend of mine, and uh, you know, I was able to not only do what I wanted with my time and have the flexibility, um, but I also was able to make you know a significant higher cut on right. you know the the business that I was doing. Sure. And uh, of course, the freedom was was what was important to me at that time. Right. Okay. So you're doing the real estate mortgage stuff for a while, and then did you? end it to get into the social media stuff or did you start stumbling upon this for fun on the side and then you're like oh I can actually make money with this sure well first first what happened is um, I didn't actually you know decide to leave real estate it was actually right. you know kind of flourishing everyone in, did in 05, 06. <laughs> I think everyone the, had to <laughs> sure yeah exactly it's kind of like somebody picked up the market in a bowl and dumped it upside down um, by that time I I had you know a f- several rental properties, and I had just bought my um, you know my primary residence that I was super comfortable in. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know if you if you look at like a historical chart of where real estate peaked, like that's you know the six month period where I bought all these properties. Wow! And uh, I just got extremely unlucky with the timing. After the real estate thing, I went into you know a bit of a depression. Probably you know almost two years because the value in your properties went down right away. I mean, it was cut in half. Wow. It was cut in half, like over, over the course of, of 12 months. And I had, you know, um, at that age to have, you know, immaculate credit to have, um, and a, a decent chunk of money saved up. And, right. and then I put, you know, a bunch of money into these properties. I sort of had my life kind of riding on this between all my investments, all my assets, and then, um, my income, Everything right. was revolved around real estate. So when it crashed, you there crashed. was my savings, <laughs> there was my income, there was everything. So I crashed. Um, it was it was really back to zero. Um, and how old were you? It was uh, in two thousand and six. Okay. So yeah, I was you know mid twenties. Gotcha. Um, and uh, that was pretty pretty devastating. Um, and after that, I started a marketing company when I finally rebounded and, and was able to bring myself out of bed. Um, right. I started a, a marketing company, and what we did was we did leads for you know debt settlement. Mm. Um, we did leads for uh, loan modification, for mortgage refinances. We were just sort of supplying the information of people who went on Google or they called into a phone number on TV and said, like, I'm interested in refinancing my house and we would connect them with people in the mortgage industry mm. who were able to perform that service for them. Sure. Um, so we were on the side where we didn't necessarily have to perform and close loans or we didn't have to, um, you know, acquire the customer. We just provided the information, whatever happened with it at that point, um, was really up to the salesperson. So right. it was, a it was, a a little bit less taxing, um, uh-huh. to not have that, 
uh, you know, stress on you. And that's what I needed at the time right. was something that wasn't so stressful and that wasn't going to make me feel like, Hey, it's, it's do or die every right. single day. I wanted something where I can sort of relax. So, yeah. um, how are you getting those leads? Uh, we did two, two types of things. Um, number one was we ran TV commercials. So oh. we, we, uh, partnered with a company who bought media. We would run commercials and they'd say, you know, call the 800 number. And when that person would call, we would route them to mm. a buyer who, uh, you know, prepaid for sure. a certain number of phone calls from the commercial. Um, the other way was, uh, Google AdWords. Mm. We would run, you know, uh, targeted search, paid search results for different terms and uh, when they would search for something like, you know, how to get out of debt, we would right. connect them with a debt consultant and we would get paid for brokering that lead. Gotcha. Now, how'd you come up with this idea? Uh, I actually ran into a friend in the space, you know, told me it was pretty lucrative. He said, if you're coming out of the mortgage industry, um, you know, all the, although you didn't survive that, it's, you know, if you know the terms and you understand how the process works, um, I can teach you the methods and, and you'll do, you know, you'll do really well. Right. Um, just like you did with the mortgages. So sure. naturally I, I, I fell into it and it worked out really well. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, I had one particular client who pretty much bought up all that I can produce. So mm. it was, you know, it was a cash cow for um, a good uh, few months. Sure. And uh, I happened to get really trusting. I put that very large client on uh, credit 
and he Ooh. stiffed me for probably a little more than I even made from him over those few months. Wow. Um, so uh, that kind of put me back into the, Ouch. you know, uh, back into the depression for a while. <laughs> and it was like, man, how many, you know, how many times can I go back to zero? And it wow. wasn't, it wasn't, you know, losing a little bit. It wasn't, you know, just a, a small pitfall. It was literally back to zero. Because you're spending probably, you know, a lot of money every day or every week and month to generate these leads to buy the ads the media buys. Right, and it's expensive. Yeah, I know what you know. I, Facebook oh, yeah. ads alone are expensive for me. So I understand if you, if you don't profit off those buys, that's like a huge chunk of change. Right, that's gone. We would pre-sell it. Money. You know, we would pre-sell. You know, let's say if if a customer wanted to purchase, let's say twenty thousand dollars in you know leads, we would buy the media and yeah. we would have to front that. And you know, if our margin was ten or fifteen percent. You know, we can go in and we can buy seventeen or eighteen thousand dollars worth of media to produce the twenty thousand dollars in leads that we're going to do. We hedge our money for you know a two or three thousand dollar profit, but if that profit never comes, then the entire seventeen or eighteen thousand dollars is a loss. Right, and yeah. that's what ended up happening um, for probably about eight weeks, Man. where we ran our media and generated all the leads and uh, never got paid. Wow, that sucks. Whatever happened. Uh, that's it. You never that's, ended up getting paid. No, that's, you said, sorry. That's all she wrote. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Did you ever take action on that or would you have an agreement or was it just kind of like your mistake? Well, his, not? his response when I told him that I was going to take legal action was get in line. Wow. So, so it's like, I, I just didn't boy, catch it early enough. I didn't catch any of the signs. Wow. I was too blinded by the fact that, Hey, this client's sure. a fantastic client. He's paying me all the time. And you know, he, he paid me every week when it was, you know, um, a couple thousand dollars. And then when it went up to tens of thousands, he came up with an excuse. And of course wow. me not wanting to jeopardize the client, I was like, sure. Yeah. You know, I'll run it for you again. That's I'll bad. run it for you yeah. again. And he got, you know, he tapped me out over the course of about eight weeks and wow. then, uh, yeah, that's it. Well, I look at it as lessons, not failures. Right? No, yeah. It's, I mean, it's all, it's all very valuable experience. And again, exactly. it happened at such an early stage in my life. Um, yeah. I, I lost, I lost houses. I didn't lose a home. Um, I just, you know, only had myself to, to worry about. I didn't have a family at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that's, you know, that was the valuable lessons and, and really, really good yeah. life experience that I got early on. So now I know better. Sure. Or I think I yeah. do at least. I hope I do. So you didn't end up going to school, right? College. No, no. So this was like a college tuition, you know, yeah. you spent yeah. losing it all. <laughs> exactly. Like the whole reason I avoided college was for that reason, but I ended up paying it and, and then I got, I got taught by the streets. There you go. It's, I think it's more valuable. Uh, very cool. So then when you're doing the lead stuff, were you on the side doing the social media, kind of like building up different accounts and just kind of, no, I, I, I hadn't actually, um, really jumped into it yet. Um, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of about 2000 and, you know, I mean, I got, I got like a Twitter account in 2009. Yeah. Um, and I had it for personal reasons and I would tweet and I didn't, nothing happened mm -hmm. and I didn't really get it. And I thought it was stupid. Uh, like most people did at the time. Sure. And, uh, you know, uh, I think around the time that everybody else got interested in Twitter, I kind of circled back, which was when uh, Aston Kutcher had yeah. the whole race to a million with followers CNN. with CNN. Yep. And as the media started to drive more attention, I said, okay, well, this thing's, this thing's for real now. Sure. And what, what, what first started out was I started posting um, just jokes, funny stuff that I thought was funny that maybe other people were kind of scared to post. And I just, you know, sort of off the wall type humor. Mm -hmm. And I noticed, Hey, people, people like this and people are following along with me. And, um, I got about 5,000 followers and 
you know, a lot of people didn't have 5,000 followers at the time, even people who you actually knew who they were, better yet, somebody who, you know, you had no idea who they were and didn't have that amount of followers. Then, uh, you know, the, the first actual, you know, brand type category page that I created was the notebook. And uh, a lot of people don't really know the story behind it, which was that um, some girl ended up following it when it had, um, I believe around 15,000 followers was, which was what I built, you know, the initial, uh, push, right. It had 15,000 followers, a girl followed the page and she only had, you know, 10 followers and she tagged one of her friends in the post. Um, you know, it was a love quote that she happened to like, and her friend happened to be Kendall Jenner. Okay. And, um, so I said, hey, you know, I got excited. I said, hey, you should tell your friend Kendall to follow me. Mm. So at this time, you know, nobody really knew about Twitter and the value and how much an advertisement was worth or how much exposure was sure. worth. And uh, so she told Kendall, you know, this page wants you to follow it. She got excited and she followed me. And I said, hey, you should, you know, she had about 400,000 followers at the time. This is wow. before, you what know, was this? this was, um, you know, four, four years ago. Wow. This is when, you know, everybody's starting to really pick up on the Kardashians, but the Jenners were still kind of, you know, under the radar, under the radar. Um, so I said, almost bigger. Those two younger girls are bigger. It seems like, absolutely. And, uh, it seems like they have that, that purity behind them. So (laughs) who knows? Um, so she started following you. So she started following me and I, I just went for it. I just, you know, I've always been, you know, the type who is not scared to ask for something if I want it. So I said, Hey, um, you should retweet some of my tweets if you like them. And she's like, sure. So she has 400,000 followers, which again, at the time, you know, that was a lot of followers. Uh, She's got, you know, 8 million or 10 million or something crazy now. Um, she, so she's like, okay, sure. So she retweets like 10 or 12 of my positive messages in a row, which triggered Chloe and Kim to start following it. No way. Yeah. And, uh, that was, that was sort of the Holy grail. That was when my page really took off uh, because, Chloe and Kim both retweeted the same tweet um, uh, sometime later in the week. And uh, I think I went from 17,000 to 100,000 followers relatively quickly. Wow. And Amazing. almost to a T. I know I started the, the page in February. I'm not sure which February it's be. I mean, but the religiously, the pages started growing or the page started growing about a million to 1.1 million per 12 months wow. um, around February mark. Yeah, and it's um, got a 5.2 million now. Right, right. It's pretty sweet. Um so yeah, that's that's sort of the, you know, basic story behind um when the page started and how it got its initial momentum uh-huh. and now the who's who of, you know, Twitter follows it everybody from, you know, Bieber to JLo to, you know, Kim Kardashian still follows it and uh Rihanna you know, all these people have retweeted it at one point or another during their, you know, wow. I, w- I always see when TMZ breaks something like Rihanna's having relationship issues. I'm like, yes, she's going to start retweeting my love quotes again. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So it's mostly love quotes and positive messages, love quotes, positive messages, yeah. um, you know, truisms, just Images. stuff like that. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah. it's, it's categorically, you know, people are saying like, it's, I mean, it, it is a lot more women followers than it is, you know, men, of course. but we try to hit both categories and put just general positive messages along with, you know, the love stuff. Interesting. And so you've, you've built up a number of these different, so that was kind of one of your first big wins mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. with Twitter, you know, four, four years ago, building this up and now it's grown. And then you started to basically just capitalize on other accounts. You're like, okay, let me leverage this into right. this account and this name and things like that. 
Um, so what are the things you, what are some of the things when did you realize like, Hey, maybe I could you know, monetize this. Did people start reaching out to you and say, Hey, could you post this about our brand and we'll pay yeah, you or yeah. what was the people? Um, I had my email in, um, my bio and, yeah. uh, people just started emailing and saying, Hey, um, you know, if you post this about our clothing brand or a uh, link to our website or post this YouTube video, we'll pay you. Right. Is that when, that's when it kind of first hit me like, okay, there's, there's going to be, you know, some money in this. Um, sure. I'm going to make a few extra bucks while I, you know, work whatever I'm, you know, doing for a real income uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and this is going to supplement it or this is going to be my, you know, my beer money or whatever it is. Right. And, uh, so that, that's, that's pretty much how it started. And I started to notice that it got, you know, more serious. One of the, mm. one of the first campaigns that I ran, um, for Instagram back in the day, this is when Notebook just had, you know, I think Notebook has almost 600,000 followers now on Instagram. Mm. This is when it had 90 or 100,000 followers. Um, I got approached by Sundrop Soda and they said, um, we want you to post a picture of a can of Sundrop Soda and we'll pay you a thousand bucks. With 100,000 followers, that it was? With 100,000 followers. Yeah. And... I said, okay, um, <laughs> that's it. Okay. Yeah, sure. I can do that. And they're like, yeah. okay, yeah. You know, so find an image, you know, go, go buy a can of soda and take a photo or find one, you know, on the internet somewhere and use a caption. And we just want you to use, um, hashtag sundrop in there somewhere and that's it. Wow. And so I said, okay. And it was, you know, it was like, uh, May or June, um, of a few years ago. And I said, um, Summer is almost here and I'm hashtag or I'm, I'm ready to sun drop it like it's hot <laughs> and they loved it. And they're like, best money we ever spent on marketing. So wow. cool. Um, you know, we love the social media aspect, you know, thank you for that. And, um, I, I realized then, okay, if the big brands are, are coming after me, there's a lot of small ones in between sure. there's startup companies with budgets. So I started to figure out where are people spending money? Um, you know, one of the highest monetizing categories in the world. Um, health and fitness, weight mm, loss, diet. Sure. Um, everybody wants to, you know, everybody wants to look good. Everybody wants to have a certain, um, you know, health uh, aspect in their life. And that was where the majority of the money was being spent. So I started a fitness page. Right. The fitness page now has, you know, 2.1 million followers. It has uh, over 500,000 on Instagram. And, you know, that, that proved to be true, that there's a big desire um, for, uh, advertisers to approach me mm-hmm. and um, we did one with skincare you know we have a skincare page with 800,000 followers wow. um, on Twitter and uh, I, I, I do you know various different topics I probably have uh, you know 12 to 15 different categories across all the social media sites and we sure. have you know hundreds of thousands of followers in each of the categories right so when you did the fitness did you start at fitness or was it a did you buy at fitness and how does that work well at fitness on Instagram um, it was an inactive handle mm-hmm. and I had a different fitness name and I just approached Instagram. Um, and, uh, because I had 2 million followers on Twitter, they said, okay, well, we'll give it to you. Um, right. I just had a certain level of legitimacy sure. and, and trust that when they went to, and they saw a verified Twitter page with 2 million followers, they said, oh, this must be a real company. Was that the notebook Twitter page? No, it was, fitness? it was the fitness one. The fitness one has 2 million. At fitness on Twitter? It's, it's actually not fitness. It's, uh, fitness has taken a personal trainer owns it and she said <laughs> she's going to die with that username. Oh my gosh. So, That's um, lame. yeah. <laughs> so I have actually, it's a, a sort of like a Unicode, like dork trick gotcha. that I used and it's F and then it's, um, L 
T N E S S. And when everything's capitalized except for a lowercase L, it looks like fitness. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so I was able to actually use a word that doesn't make any sense that <laughs> looks like fitness to build up over wow. 2 million followers. Interesting. Which means that, you know, the branding and the names actually have nothing to do with it if you know how to manage the content and the engagement. And, and for the longest time, it's, it's funny, I forgot to bring this up, but notebook didn't used to be at notebook either. It used to be the notebook and book had three O's in it. Wow. Really? So how'd you change it? Just because notebook became available? Or? I contacted Twitter at one yeah. point when I hit about 2.5 or 3 million followers and they gave me at notebook because it was inactive and they verified my account. Yeah. Wow. That's nice. Yeah. Very cool. Interesting. So you could build a following even if you don't have the name and then ultimately get the name. Correct. If you want to do that. You can ultimately get the name or you can, you know, build it up as whatever brand that you want. Um, I know you don't need the, you don't need to have the name to get it big. You don't. You can even have different letters and to make it look like the word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can, you <laughs> know, crazy. you can do that or, you know, it's the same thing as, you know, like I, I build, I try to build up a lot of my um, audiences under generic names, not necessarily brands or anything. So instead of creating a company, for example, like, like Nike wants to be Nike, right? I don't want to have my own brand because I want to be able to advertise those companies. To the so brands. I go with the, the yeah. most generic form, um, in that particular field. And I just say I'm fitness. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I like it. So you took this concept of making a thousand dollars from one image and said, Hey, there might be a way to make, you know, a lot of money with this. And since then you've built a business, selling ads to average. Yeah, we have, we have a bunch of different purposes per se. You know, my, my core business, my legacy business is to, um, essentially acquire, you know, either usernames or, or pages and engage large audiences and, and, and sort of build up those followings. And then from that point, now we're able to do, uh, what we want with the eyeballs in, right. and in many different ways. So yep. if we know that we have a fitness following, we can provide them great content, you know, just as I always say, it's like a digital version, um, a digital free version of a magazine subscription. Sure. It's like, if you want to subscribe to women's health or men's health, you have to pay for it. They send it to you in the mail. It's got lots of good content in there, articles, and photos, how to, and then you have your ads in there. So it's the same model. It's, the it's same thing. you know, it's, it's just like everything else where you get a good balance of content and, and advertisements, yeah. sure. But but in social media, we have a lot better idea of who our audience is, and we can target those. So you, you know, get instant feedback too. And instant to feedback. a magazine doesn't get that feedback. Absolutely, yeah. And and, and for the advertisers, it's a lot higher quality as well, is because mm -hmm. you know you can spend, um, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to get the billboard on Sunset in Hollywood, and everybody's just looking down at their phones while they're in traffic yeah. anyway. Nobody's exactly. looking at the billboard, and for a fraction of the price, you can reach a more targeted audience and then you get complete analytics on sure. who you reached, um, how long, I mean, we, we post a video for somebody that's five minutes long. We can tell an average, you know, uh, visitors watching it for two minutes and 40 seconds Crazy. and how, how often you can't get that on a commercial. You can't, you know, see how many people fast forwarded because they DVR the show. Right. There's so many different, um, uh, n not just the fact that it's a lot cheaper, but there's so many different advantages to social media advertising and digital sure. space. Interesting. 
So you're kind of in the, the game of you're trying to buy pages now and names and acquire that, right? Um, for the most part, we've we've built up organically. Yeah. Um, but there is sort of, you know, you're not, Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram, they don't really condone um, buying and buying. selling of pages. Sure. Um, people do it, though. I yeah. know people on Facebook that buy, you know, mm-hmm. fan pages mm-hmm. with a million followers or whatever. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, the, the it's just sort of finding a happy medium. You know, like I've bought um, different pages before where they'll have it tied to like a domain name. So you can buy the domain name and get the social media properties as right. the intellectual property of the domain and stuff like that. So there's, That's you know, smart. there's legitimate ways that you have to do business in this space. Um, you don't right. want to jeopardize your audience. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're in this whole new game now because people are buying, you know, they were been buying domains for a long time, but now it's like social media accounts. You can, you can get a lot for your social media account if you've branded it the right way, if you've built sure. the right engagements. Sure. I mean, for someone who's got a million followers on an Instagram account or a Facebook page, you could, uh, you know, if you built it the right way, you could sell it for a lot of money. Sure. And that's what the game a lot of people are playing. They're buying accounts for new uh, social media platforms that come up. Because who would have thought three years ago Instagram was going to be this big? or Facebook did. Or or Vine (laughs) was going to blow up. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. There's going to be, you know, just when I feel like it's, too oversaturated like there's too many things another platform like pinterest out. as well it's like i never would have thought that was gonna get big mm-hmm. but who would have thought these would have been big there's another one that comes out that's like easier or more effective or simpler to use sure that people get hooked on and and i think that they're you know some of the older and when i say older i just mean a few years yeah, right. uh, older social media platforms like twitter and facebook they're sort of taking their true form um, because for a while they're almost in a, a stage of like identity crisis. It's like, yeah. what is Twitter and what is it going to be ultimately used for? And I think that right now it's just a communication tool mm. and I don't think it's a social media anymore. I think it's a medium to get information mm. and, um, you know, a lot of people are using it for their communication because they like open conversation. Yeah. If I send you a text message, it's just you and I, but if I send you a message on Twitter, um, that says, Hey, let's grab lunch tomorrow. And you know, Bob happens to be listening in. He can chime in and say, Hey, I'm going to join you guys. Right. Um, people like the open dialogue and, uh, people are finding their news. You know, you can, if, if somebody, you know, passes away or if there's some sort of accident or catastrophe, you can find out seconds within that happening as opposed to having to read it in the paper tomorrow morning. And it's, it's, it's essentially replaced all forms of, you know, traditional media. Right. And yeah. that's, that's what people are using for communication. I don't watch, I mean, I rarely watch TV and even sports center, which I love, I don't watch that much anymore. Right. It's like for four years, I didn't have a TV when I was building my business and trying mm-hmm. to learn from scratch everything just cause I wanted to focus. And now it's just like, I hear about everything like LeBron James, I mean, his announcement the other day right. and it was all over sports center the whole day. Right. But I saw it within the first two minutes of it on Instagram Yep, because he posted it himself. Exactly. And I was like, yes, Ohio has something <laughs> to like cheer for. I'm from Ohio. And he said he was going back to Cleveland. I was like, I had ESPN then on all day just to hear about what they were talking about. Sure. But that's when I turned it on after I saw the news. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, you know, you can, you can get the headline and you can get the image, um, almost instantaneously. And then after that, it's just, you know, it's all about the details. You can watch the news for details or if it's something that you're passionate about or interested in, mm-hmm. you know, like when, uh, it was football season, my Broncos were, uh, up until the Super Bowl. you know, they're kicking butt. So I just 
turn Sports Center on and listen to them hype my team up for an right. hour. But it, I wasn't learning anything that I didn't find out already on social media. Sure. Um, but I just wanted to hear them, you know, boast yeah. about how good my team was. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so and and then uh, now and then Facebook has sort of taken a backseat um, as an information and content tool, and it's just it's the social social network, the true social network that people are referring to as like your close knit circle. It's like yeah. your high school friends and your, your immediate friends, your immediate family, you're sharing, you know, pictures of your baby and you're, mm-hmm. you're sharing your life news with stuff that you may or may not want to share on Twitter. Sure. Um, Instagram is, uh, you know, you're opening up to, um, a world audience and, mm-hmm. and you're saying like, this is my life in, um, a more exciting instant right. format of photos and short video clips. Sure. And, uh, you know, for, you're building your own brand essentially. Like we went back to brand awareness for companies. Um, individuals are now able to do this too. And there's, uh, you know, like for example, I went to a fit expo in San Jose this past weekend and there, a girl had her own booth there. She had a million followers on Instagram and that was, wow, that's really? her, that's her, you Interesting. know, there nothing before that. She had a million followers on Instagram and so she's she got her own selling, booth. She's probably selling like sponsors. She does sponsors. Or, she has, you know, all these different, you know, supplement companies that she's working with. But her entire brand was built up um, around the Instagram following. Right. And her so, fitness stuff probably. I'm and assuming. her fitness stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So did you see Battle of the Bars there? Was this the same? Did you see all these yeah, guys doing bar like uh-huh. flips and stuff like that? That's bars? Yeah. pretty crazy stuff. I had a buddy of mine uh, who was actually on the show. Travis Brewer, who was there as like the MC or something. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, I saw part of it on a, on a YouTube clip. So I was just curious if that was the same one. It was the same one. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So someone was there who was like an Instagram celebrity. Correct. Selling herself. That's, yep. that's hilarious. And yeah, I mean, and, um, that, that has become the modern day celebrity is yeah, the true. social media influencer. And, um, again, I, I got into this space real early, so I understand that particular role from all different aspects. Yeah. Um, part of the, 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 uh, new business model, um, and, and part of one of the projects that I'm creating is a centralized platform for social media influencers to be able to monetize Mm -hmm. their following. So somebody who, um, you know, two years ago you had no idea who they were and now a million people know who she is because she has a large following on Instagram. Right. Instead of her being, at fitness, which is a generic brand, she has her own identity behind this. It's like Michael Jordan doing the Hanes commercial, right. but instead you have a, a a girl who's very popular in the fitness industry who's fit, who may now represent your brand mm-hmm. and can take $10,000 to put your athletic gear on. Yeah, it's crazy. And you know, I've talked to, I mentioned this to you, but I've talked to with uh, Jen Selter a few times mm-hmm. about her. I think she's almost got 4 million Instagram and it's like what she's done to build that up and make money with it is pretty impressive. And there's a huge opportunity for people to build their following and create a name for themselves and become basically famous. Sure, through sure. One, I mean, she was on, uh, you know, the, in the New York Post. Oh, uh, yeah, a few know, times. Yeah. A few times. On The View. and on, you know, She was on mm-hmm. uh, Vanity Fair, had like a full couple of page spread of her. But yeah, you can get mainstream press. You can get a lot of uh, sponsors interested if you build the right following. Now, I have a pretty social media savvy uh, audience, people are listening. They've mm-hmm. been a lot of people have been following me for five, six years now since I was doing LinkedIn stuff and other social media training. And uh, they're pretty savvy entrepreneurs for the most part. Everyone listening is. So some of the stuff they may be thinking, oh, yeah, I already understand that or I get it or I've heard how to do that. But what's like for those who are really pretty savvy entrepreneurs already, what are some ways that they can? tap into their own current following and ramp it up. Like what Mm -hmm. are some things maybe they haven't even thought of 
or that they've just haven't paid attention to because they didn't think it was going to work. What are some things that you do that work? And you don't have to share all your secrets, obviously, but just what are some things that like anyone could do a little differently to see a big change? Sure. Um, I, I think that I'll give one example, and I give this example a lot because it's the most simplest form. Um, a lot of people, you know, have to realize that, you know, myself included, you know, I'm not that interesting to a stranger right. and it's nothing personal and it's never anything personal on social media, but somebody, somebody doesn't want to know that I just got my Starbucks drink. Right. Right. And you post that on uh, social media or on, uh, on Instagram, you post some stuff like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, <laughs> and, and it can get, you know, it can get some engagement and it's going to be from your close friends. Maybe right. have a, an inside joke about it or whatever it is, but, but no new people are going to follow you. Correct. Correct. The, the, the secret is, and again, you said, what's a trick that maybe some people are overlooking, even if they understand social media is you have to create relatable content um, that applies to the masses. Mm. So if I were to post right now, you know, um, on my personal, um, account, you know, I have almost 50,000 followers. So I could say like, I just got Starbucks that won't get any, uh, retweets. It won't get any favorites. Maybe a couple people will respond and say, who cares? Or like, you know, shut up, you know, something funny. Right. Um, but if I were to post, I hate waiting in line that would get a significant amount of engagement because how many people can relate to the fact that they hate waiting in line. So maybe I got my Starbucks drink and that's important to me because I wanted Starbucks, but what if I had to wait in line to get it? Now I can relate to a bunch of people because nobody likes waiting in line. So if I were to post that, the difference in engagement would be fairly significant. Interesting. Um, so for, for personal pages, that's what people always have to keep in mind is you have to figure out who, who am I as a brand, as an individual, and what is my goal? Who am I, who am I trying to acquire as an audience? And you create content around that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's literally like trying to set maybe like a mousetrap and you put, um, you know, whatever is going to attract the mouse into right. the trap. Right. That's what you want to do. And, and, and essentially if you want to look at it as capturing leads, capturing followers, mm -hmm. um, that that's the same way that you have to operate. You have to create the great content that people who you want to follow you will like. Sure. Um, from a business perspective, um, this is one thing that I've always said, and I would like to to think that um, a, a lot of people are listening. And if I go in to consult for a big brand, the most important thing that I can tell them, and, and this applies to, you know, it can apply to individuals as well, but brands make this huge mistake. And this is a, a very piece of valuable information that I'm about to give out you are not your brand on social media. You are your industry. Hmm. So if you sell wedding rings, your goal is not to talk about wedding rings all day. Your goal is to post wedding videos. Mm -hmm. Your goal is to um, make suggestions on building and writing and managing a wedding checklist. Mm. Your goal is to talk about everything weddings except for rings. So now you become a trusted source of information regarding the topic and the industry and the field of weddings. So when it's time to buy, to buy a ring, ring, they come to you. They come to you. Yeah. Exactly. So and, and that's and that's the mistake that a lot of brands make. You know, it's you can go on like Nike's feed and they're talking about, um, you know, the new Kobe shoes and they're talking about this and the Nike fuel band that's out and they're talking about that. If they just posted um, sports, um, athletic content. Sure just that was content with no message, you know, you have, you have to look at it like a TV show, for example, you know, I like law and order. If I want to watch law and order, I can watch 
you know, let's say 42 minutes of Law and Order and I can take 18 minutes of commercials with it. Mm. But what if it was all commercials? What if it was, you know, the other way around? What if it was uh, 75% commercials and it was mm. 15, or 20, uh, 15 minutes of show? I right. wouldn't watch it. Right. You know, I don't want 25% show. I want 75% plus show. Right. And that's what you have to do on social media is if you want to build that loyal audience, you have to give them what they want. And then they're okay listening to your, you know, let's Pitches say pepper, peppered in yeah. you know, messages and stuff. So it's like, that's what we do on our fitness page. We talk about how to get flat abs in an article. And then mm -hmm. we talk about what foods to eat. We talk about what exercises to do. And then we say, oh, by the way, you know, this is the Nike fuel band and it's going to help you track your workout metrics, right. A, B, C, X, Y, Z. Exactly. And now we are the trusted source because we're providing them with great content and mm -hmm. great information all the time. So when we throw in an advertisement, sometimes it doesn't look like an advertisement. It looks like a testimonial or sure. um, a legitimate recommendation. Sure. Sure. So you've got all these different accounts. Uh, you know, I'm assuming, I'm assuming hundreds of accounts over all of them. I'm assuming um, maybe, maybe less, maybe more. There's probably in the neighborhood of about 60 to 70 across the okay. social networks. Yeah. Cool. So called 50. Uh, you're just one human being. And if you were running 50 accounts all day long, pumping out content, it would be a little overwhelming and you wouldn't be able to do it. Sure. So how do you manage all 50 plus accounts? Um, by one, curating content, creating content and finding it the right stuff. Because you know, you're telling people to make sure to create the right content and post the right content. But a lot of the times from what I've seen is you don't actually create the content, you'll find it and then you'll post it. Specifically on Instagram, you're not out there taking sure. images all day long with these different industries. Right, yeah. So how do you have, do you have a team that does this or do you, you know, do it yourself? Do you give them guidelines? How does it all work? Sure, yeah, what we do is um, I have about seven content creators that work for me mm -hmm. um, and they manage, you know, some of the, the Twitter pages, the Facebook pages, which can be automated sure. um, in advance and then the Instagram pages, um, somebody's actually manning those uh, sort of 24-7 Right. And, you know, they have a responsibility of a certain amount of posts when they get assigned. Because there's no automated on Instagram yet. No, no. Their it's API doesn't allow for it. And, Too bad. Uh, It'd you be know, sweet when it happens. Sure. I mean, it will, but it won't. Right. You know, from, from my perspective, a lot of the social media publishers, because there's other people that do what I do out there. Yeah. And a lot of people haven't got into the Instagram space because frankly, they're just too lazy Late, um, and yeah. it's just them. So, you know, imagine just, you know, like, let's say a three or four times multiplier um, you know, you're running four pages and you have to post on each page five times a day. Do you really want to log in and out, you know, of Instagram 20 times to do posts right. on top of everything else that you're already doing in most cases and circumstances? The answer is no. So what I've done is I've found a few people who are willing to do that at a smaller level and maybe they run three accounts each and they get compensated for, you know, doing an appropriate amount of posts. Right. Gotcha. Um, so each, each page is given its own voice and it's given its own, um, set of reason and saying, if it falls within this category, it's okay to be posted. Um, and we try to stick to a very similar voice. Sometimes we'll even switch content creators from one page to another to keep hmm. the content fresh, fresh to keep everybody. So I have, you know, I have my brother, um, who is, you know, 21 and he's sort of like, you know, he's into like dirt bikes and he's like redneckish, right. but he runs one of my women's fashions account. It's hilarious. And he's very good at it. He's killing it, right? And he's killing it. Yeah. So, you know, some, some things, um, obviously are less sensitive to find an outfit and to caption it is not a big deal. But when we're dealing with stuff like people's health, um, for example, like yeah. we have people who understand and are in the fitness or nutrition space 
who actually will write content for us and then we can, you know, edit it um, sure. appropriately because there's, there's, you know, the wording and, you know, headline caption right. um, space. There's a lot of copywriting tricks um, mm. that you want to use for content to resonate, but we have the information coming from somebody who's reliable. Right. Interesting. Well, this stuff's pretty fascinating to me. And uh, I want to know what's next for you. Like what's, what's the big picture? I know you're, you're kind of like restructuring your business. You've got a new site out called Doug.com, which is a great domain name that you're curating content on there for. You've got a few other products you're working on. You talked about this social media influencer site, but what's kind of the big thing that's up next for you that you're working on that you're really excited about? Yeah, I think the big picture for me is just um, sort of picking up as much digital real estate as I can. And I first used that term um, mm. a couple years ago and I've kind of stuck with it and because I really feel that it does describe um, what I do. And I'm trying to pick up all these valuable pieces of uh, intellectual property and there's different ways to monetize you know, there's hundreds of ways to monetize each of these different pages that we own. Um, so to have access to that audience um, on a constant basis, we, you know, we have um, an e-commerce site. So all of our fashion pages point to an e-commerce site where you can buy, you know, women's clothes. And, you know, we also have um, the, the publishing platform where we can now use our pages to monetize our content by dealing directly mm -hmm. with brands. So I think that at the end of the day, I don't own you know, Doug.com is not, you know, the market that I'm in. I'm not in the e-commerce business. Mm -hmm. I'm just in the eyeball business. Sure. I, I, I want to influence a large um, group of people under a bunch of different types of categories. And I want to give them great content. And I want to find advertisers, um, not only for the, the, the benefit of monetizing and growing my business, but also the fact that, you know, as technology gets a lot better and we can target people correctly, people are getting advertisements that are relative to them and that can actually benefit them. Right, right. I love it, man. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, lead it to one more final question uh, in a second, but I want to make sure everyone can connect with you and learn more about you, which is uh, over at BrandonHampton.com. You can go check him out over there. It's kind of just a landing page right now, but make sure to follow Brandon on uh, LinkedIn. He's writing a lot of great content right now about how he does some of this in the business and his life experience. Uh, Brandon Hampton over there on Instagram, also Twitter at notebook, but also his personal is at CEO. Isn't that correct? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then at CEO on Twitter and then it's at money on Instagram. It's a great name. Two um, great names. Two great names. <laughs> so make sure to check them out there. And if you have any questions, uh, you'll have this, everything linked up in the show notes as well over at lewishouse.com. So we can go there and check it out. I'll have all his links, but to wrap it up, uh, and with the final question, which is what I ask everyone, which is what is your definition of greatness? I think greatness is defined as being able to effectively and efficiently do what you love to do while not only benefiting you and your family, but everyone else that you come into contact with. Mm, yeah. Because it's not about just you and your family. It's about the greater good in the world. It, it's about the greater good in the world. You know, you, you have to be able to find the balance. And a lot of people are, you know, I, I think there's even some people that put too much effort into others mm. and not enough into themselves and the mm. people that are closest to them, um, you know, the people pleasers. Mm. And then there's the people who are, are very greedy and, and self-centered and they put too much effort into themselves. So I think it's fine finding that harmony between the two and uh, being able to, again, effectively and efficiently master what you love to do. I think that's a very important part. 
I love it, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, everyone will uh, make sure to send everyone back to the show notes to check out everything you're working on, and I appreciate what you're up to. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Make sure you hit the beach. I will. Alrighty, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to go back to the show notes over at lewishouse.com slash 81. That's 81 for episode number 81. Got all the show notes back there, links to Brandon's pages and things like that, so you can check him out. Make sure to follow him. Post a picture on Instagram where you are listening to this episode. He is at money on Instagram. So tag at money and at Lewis Howes. Let us know where you are listening. And feel free to share this out on social media with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. Again, if you've got other friends who are entrepreneurs and business owners, they're probably interested in building their following on social media. And if they haven't figured it out yet, then this is a powerful episode for them to listen to. So please share it on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, spread the word about the School of Greatness podcast. Trying to blow this thing up and get this out there to even more people. So I appreciate you guys so much for being on here each and every week. As you notice, we're doing two episodes a week lately. I'm trying to ramp this up to possibly three. But I'm going to make sure that the quality stays super high and gets even better. So I'm going to continue to bring on great guests for you guys. And uh, if I can get three a week, then I will. Uh, but to make sure that it's high quality for you, first and foremost, with great information, inspiration, motivation to get you to the next level and have you stepping up into your own greatness. So again, guys, you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. I'm not in the e-commerce business. I'm just in the eyeball business. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.